Uh, as many of you know, I traveled to Pakistan back in November with Barry and uh, also Jerry, who's right here, who many of you don't know yet, but hopefully we'll get to know. And we had the honor of going to Karachi and staying with Bishop Mushtaq and his wife, Komal, in their home. And, uh, and one of the other honors I had was to preach a couple of times uh, in a couple of their churches. Bishop Mushtaq oversees about 50 to 60 different churches around Karachi and beyond as well. And so I had a chance to do that the Sunday that I was there, which was a huge blessing. And so when I heard that they were coming over here, I really wanted to have you have the chance to hear Bishop, Mush, uh, Bishop Mushtaq preach to us as well. One of the great things about when I preached was I had a translator, and that was Bishop Mushtaq. So the good news was that even if I was preaching heresy, I knew that Mushtaq would correct me <laughs> along the way to his people. It was a wonderful uh, uh, safeguard for them. But uh, I will not be. Uh, Bishop Mushtaq will be unfiltered for you as he speaks great English. So I want to invite him up, and I want to pray for him. Would you come on up, Bishop Mushtaq? And I want to just pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my brother Mushtaq. I'm so grateful for him. I'm grateful for his ministry uh, in the midst of um, a difficult place to minister, Lord Jesus. Would you bless him? Would you fill him with your spirit and also Conwell too? And would you help them to know that you walk with them? Even in the most difficult of times, you are there beside them. And now as he preaches to us, would you speak through him by your spirit to each one of our hearts? Give us ears to hear, Lord Jesus. Ears to hear what you might have to say to us from this brother who comes to us from thousands of miles around the world and yet loves the same Jesus that we love too. Pray us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, it is so good to be with you today. And uh, it was very good to have Jonathan and Barry with us in Pakistan. <clears throat> Our people love to hear Jonathan speak, and he did a really good job. <laughs> but Jonathan has caused a big problem for me as well. You see, I preach very long messages, and Jonathan preaches very short messages. Can you reiterate that? My message short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm so sorry to say you're going, you're going to find about it in a short. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's uh, get into the passage straight away. And I'm, gonna, uh, I'm going to concentrate on the gospel reading uh, from Luke chapter 18. Uh, this is probably a familiar story to many of you. Many of us know parts of the story, and most of us understand the story something like this. A rich young ruler uh, asked Jesus how to have eternal life. The young man thought he knew answer, and he had done all the right things. But then Jesus tells him the, uh, to sell everything that he has and, he had, uh, and give it to the poor and follow him. He goes away sorrowing because he has lots of money and wants to keep. Uh, and then Jesus talks about camels and eye of the needles and how it is almost impossible for a rich person to get to heaven and everyone gets more confused. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, there is lots going on in this story and we can't look it all today. There's not much time. But... It is mainly a story of a conversation between Jesus and the rich young ruler. And number two, 
It is mainly a story about, uh, about a question. I mean, a, a young rich ruler asks a question, a question about eternal life. Uh, before we go to the, uh, to the, um, to the uh, gospel reading from Luke, uh, I think it's better we make two principles before we go into uh, the passage. So the first principle is, when Jesus talks, we all need to listen. Amen? Amen. Number two, when Jesus talks about eternal life, it includes this life as well. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's, uh, so let's read the text. And a young ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Look, how he asked this question, what must I do? What must I do? It appears that he thinks that he is in control. And Jesus answered him, and Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So Jesus makes sure the young man knows with whom he is speaking. If you ask God questions, you better listen. Amen? You better listen. Now, verse 20, uh, verse 20 says, you know the commandment. So Christ told him that you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. Jesus uses the law, but not the whole Ten Commandments. He just used you know, a few commandments that he already loved to hear from him. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. The young man thought he had made it, right? When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heavens, which means you love others, love people. It looks like he loves Right? Okay, let's go and read the, uh, the other part of the verse. And come, follow me, which means love me, love God. So, love people and love God. And I think you remember what, where Jesus is taking him to. You know, the Ten Commandments, the summary of Ten Commandments are two commandments. Love God and love people. But when he heard these things, verse 23 says, when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. The Bible says, the love of money is the root of all sort of evil. When Jesus saw him sad, uh, he said to him, how difficult it is 
for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Now, this is the text, right? And uh, we don't have much time to go into the deep theological, you know, uh, all the terminology and all the depth. But there are some application for us in our lives that we can look at. Number one. The, the, the first application seems to be obvious for all of us as a Christian that we cannot purchase or work for our salvation. Jesus paid the price and he did all the works for us. Amen? Amen. Often we forget that. You know, we are so busy... We read a lot, you know, and we forgot this very truth of the Bible. But it is good to be reminded of it, right? Amen. Now, number two application is the resources we have are not ours. They don't belong, they don't belong to us. It has been given to us by our Creator by the God who make us from the dust of this earth. These resources are guards, not guards. You, you, you understand my point? They are God's res given resources to us to be used for him. They are not to become God and worshipped. Number three application, I think, is God gets to tell us how to use these resources. You know, sometimes we have all these resources, and especially in the, in the U.S., if I see. I, I come from Pakistan. There are, there are almost no resources. Uh, but I, when I come to here, I just see resources everywhere abundantly. And when you have abundant, abundant of resources, lots of resources, then, um, you know, we, have, we think we are the honor, you know, we are the boss, and we have to do all these things. Anyway, so the, so the third principle, sorry, the third application is that God gets to tell us how to use these resources. If we have all these resources, we should ask God how to use these resources to glorify him, for the benefit of other people. Fourth application is that when God directs our resources and we follow him, then we are most happy. Amen? Amen. So these are, these are the applications. And, uh, but, okay, let me see how much time I have. <laughs> I'm a little bit. I still have lots of time anyway. Who? <laughs> I finished almost almost in 10 minutes all this thing anyway. So <laughs> so let me close with a quick story. Uh, when I uh, started the first church in Pakistan, it was failed. It's a long story, but I'm not going to go into the deep 
how it failed, but it was a hard time for me and my wife, Kenwell, she's here. Uh, we thought we were doing all that God has called us to do, but we failed. I questioned God. I asked him, what is going on? What is happening? You called me to plant this church, and I did all my level best, but it did not work. So God, what is going on? I mean, living in this country and planting your church, you know, doing what you called me to do, it's not working, so it means you're not with me anyway. <laughs> it seems anyway. So I asked this question to God. Uh, so I questioned God, and uh, he told me to keep doing his work, which was good anyway. <laughs> I told him I would, uh, it, I told him I would do your work, but you have to give me some smart people. I would do your work, but you have to give me some smart people. But God said, my kingdom never runs by smart people. That was the answer. So I told him, if that's not that you can think that I deserve, then give me some money so I can do your work. He said, you're wrong. My kingdom never runs by money. It is shocking, probably, because we all need money, right? But God said, my kingdom never runs by money. My kingdom never runs by smart people. Then I said, God, I, but I have nothing. He said, that's what I need. He said, that's what I need. So I remember, you know, that was a time when God opened my eyes to understand his, his truth, his revelation. And uh, so we have to learn, you know, over here that God is the boss. God is the boss. He gives the resources and he tells us how to use those resources. If we trust in those resources, then we make God's out of them and stop trusting the true God. How about you? Are you trusting God? Are you trusting your guards? God bless you.